By the end of this podcast, you're going to find out who Declan Rice should sign for, whether Mason Mount would actually improve United, and why Man United Tax exists. Welcome to the Knobcast, a podcast giving City and United fans their weekly fix of football analysis and debate with a focus on banter rather than bias. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about Man United, the Mason Mount transfer, United tax. How can United overcome this hurdle of every single team overcharging them? Can they? Is it their own fault? Manchester City, Kovacic, uh, Vardiol potentially signing, uh, Gundogan definitely leaving, uh, and Declan Rice. Does he fit better at City? Arsenal, does it matter where he goes? Is there more pressure at one side than the other? Are Arsenal fans getting too big for their boots? Uh, that and more to come in today's instalment of the Knobcast. Gasky, my United fan yes. friend. How are you doing, yes. Ray? How are you doing, mate? I am I am very well. How are you? I'm doing sensationally well. Good. Um, Good. Actually, no, I tell a lie. I, I was doing well, and then Ooh. it officially announced today that Gundogan is leaving City, and there was this really emotional... Emo- it was this very emotional tribute by Gundogan. He, he did like this letter to the fans, basically saying how he loved his time at City, how he loves the club, and yeah. it's it just. I, I feel like uh, um, I feel like City. I feel like he's hitting City fans now. That now you're a, a, a big club and you're at the top, you know, and you're winning things. You start to see players leave, players that you've grown to love. Because mm. as United fan, I had it. Every, you had it every year. You know, watch Ferdinand leave and Vidic leave, and then the whole centre back's gone. Partnership's gone. You know, and Ronaldo leaving. It's it's one of those like I think it was every year for the last ten years someone's left. Yeah, since and it's been yeah been a, a tough one. Yeah, a club legend has left since twenty every year since twenty sixteen. Joe Hart. Yeah. Then uh, in sixteen seventeen, Zabaleta in seventeen eighteen. Uh, and then and then yeah, uh, was it? A uh, Yaya Torre. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in seventeen eighteen, uh, Yaya Torre, and then Company, and then uh, David Silva, and then Aguero, and then Fernandinho, and now it's um. And now it's Gundogan. It's just, I mean, oh gosh, my my little heart can't cope um, with it. (laughs) But anyway, City's to come. City is to come. I want us to start, Gasky, with your team, Manchester United, because we did a lot of transfer talk last week on the podcast. And to be honest, I thought stuff would have actually happened by now and concrete stuff. Maybe there wouldn't actually be that much to talk about in terms of potentials. But this Mason Mount situation... Um, is is still ongoing, and mm. you 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 can obviously tell us more about it. Like, why is it going on for so long? Is it even a signing you want or need? You know, could United get someone uh, better for the value? But before we talk about Mason Mount specifically, Gasky, I think you've got a bit of a gripe with the whole United tax situation. Well, yeah, it's explain. It seems- I mean, first of all, ex- explain to the listeners what, what, oh, what it, it is. It's it's basically teams knowing that how poorly run United is and that they'll cave and they'll pay silly money for players. It is it's clearly a thing. Ever since, it was ever since the Maguire transfer, ever since, you know, Leicester kept saying 85 million, that's it. And United bids were just going up and up and up and up. Leicester stood the ground and eventually United went, okay, we'll pay it. As soon as you do that, you've caused utter issues across the league. Anybody will just be like, you have, you're going to have to pay it. You know, and it's their own fault. No one else's fault. If if you, it's like not even just football. Anything. If you were selling something and so and you know full well someone's just going to always pay in the price you ask for, you'll never reduce price for them because you're they're always going to pay. So it's their own fault and it's down to the owners. It's down to the way the clubs run, and rightfully so. There's nothing wrong with Chelsea sitting standing firm. Okay, I, I don't agree with the cost of the price for Mason Mount to start with, but I don't blame them. 
Mm. Think I think I would do it. <laughs> to well, be fair, well, there's a very direct example, isn't there? Because I think you sums it up perfectly. It's not just about a club having money, because obviously, if you know a club's got money in general, you know they'll be able to afford yeah. a bigger fee. That's fine. And also, and also, if it's a player that you know the team needs, for yes, example, that too. As well. Yes, ab- absolutely. But as an example, which works perfectly here, both Kovacic and Mason Mount have one year left on their contracts. You can debate. You know, they're not exactly similar players but you can debate about who's better or whatever i'd, I'd suggest they're a relatively similar level no matter who you think is but they play better. they play the same they play the same role okay one's english and one's younger so i would expect mount to be more expensive yes but even if, yes exactly but but even if, i would i would say personally Kovacic for 30 million mount for 50 million is probably fine based on based on age based on obviously english player tax we're going to go out rubbish as well you know, I would say that's fair based on, you know, and also, and also if a player doesn't want to be there, why would you just be so fixated over 8 million? You know, that's also, that's the only part with Chelsea. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you're letting all these players leave and then you're, you're basically not letting him go for 55 million, which is probably over what he's worth. Yeah. You Def- know, definitely. and, and, and also like he was your player, he's been your player of the year. You, you know, you won't act, you, you know, he's not accepting a new contract, but you're just also forcing him to stay over 8 million. Hmm. It's so a, it's but, all, it's all very odd, but, but you can see yeah. there that the different approach Chelsea have done again, you know, maybe Mason Mount has more inherent value, but it's not nearly double or more than double, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, the, yeah. the amount no, they're definitely. paying. And clearly that's because again, both city and United have money to spend, but city do, I mean, sometimes to their own detriment to be fair, but they do have a track record of, player costs a lot of money, they don't actually think it's worth that much. So, so a, a big example that's been making the rounds because it was in the All or Nothing documentary was the Virgil van Dijk situation in 2017. Um, I think at that time, the record for a defender was like 50 million. Southampton were asking for, you know, 70, 75, 80 million or, or whatever it turned out to be in the end. And there's a clip in the All or Nothing doc of City with like, you know, uh, um, our, our CEO and uh, the person in charge of transfers um, basically uh, saying... Uh, sorry, Gasky, can you move your mic for... Uh, oh, out? sorry, are you getting echo? I'm getting echo, <laughs> yes. Um, so, basically saying that they can't be serious. They can't be asking for that much. You know, da, 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 it's too much, we'll walk away. Now, whether that was the right decision or not is largely irrelevant. The, the point is, it's, it's, it sets a precedent of we will walk away. We've done it before with Harry Maguire. We've done it with Koulibaly, etc., etc. And yeah. then that tells the other team, right, we can't overcharge them for the sake of it because they will just... Um, they will just walk away. But as you say, United constantly cave in over and over. It's, it's, just, it's too easy yeah. for other teams. But yeah, that's the issue. Like it's, it, it's simply just caving in. You, you keep, you keep doing it. But then it's like, you look at, look at the last couple of summers then. So, you know, they sign Anthony as well. Anthony last summer did it again. It's like, they wanted that much money. They got it. And then, but then you look at the Casemiro transfer. It happened in the blink of an eye. Why? Why did that happen in the blink of an eye? Hmm. Is it a way of them to shut fans up because they're moaning about transfers? Oh, Casemiro's available. We'll just give you the money for him. There you go. Why was there no messing about with that? Yeah. I, you know, is it their way of going, oh, actually, we're not really bothered about a bidding war with them. You know, well, we'll just, we, we really want this player. Let's get him and pay the money. I just, it makes no sense. I just, it's the most poorly run club I've ever seen. It is ridiculous. It makes no sense. That's and a- also, they don't even know who's going to own them next season. And yeah. that's also another mess that's ongoing. Yeah. I mean- so it's just like, I don't know. No, I know. Well, the ownerships. That, I mean, that that that's that deserves its own podcast. I, I think no, when, oh, when yeah. that's finally settled, we'll we'll t- talk oh, about yes. that 
at length. I'm sure you'll be able to rage and get that off your chest. But <laughs> so, but so, yeah. what what's the current situation with Mount Gasky? I believe that the United have lodged a second bid. Is that the third? That... No, so they're on the they're on the third bid. And right. it's been re- so so. Chelsea wants sixty five million. Is that all in, including add-ons? That's what, no. So that's we've, yeah. We've sorry, we've add-ons. Yeah. Okay. United have bid. No, United have gone fifty million plus five million add-ons, and that's right. what they want to pay. Yeah. And Chelsea have counted it with, I think it's fifty-seven plus eight. Right. So that's where it's at at the moment. But Chelsea, like, we're willing to negotiate, and it's like, so what I can see happening is they'll get it'll be it'll move to United for sixty million. They'll be. I think they'll meet in the middle. Right. right? Which again, it's not as bad as paying what they asked for, but it's also you caving. You're talking about you're talking about putting your foot down and going, we're not paying over this, we're gonna walk away. And you're gonna end up paying more anyway. So again, you're still, you know, it's still bad. You're still, you know, not walking away from it yeah. and going elsewhere. Which is what you should be doing. Yes, I, I totally agree. Now, if it was a player like let's say Casemiro for I don't know the exact negotiation situation, but Casemiro yeah. was a player that United desperately needed because they didn't have any defensive midfielders and that was, yeah. that was maybe the best available option at that time, whatever. Um, now, if Mason Mount was like, we have to sign him because we need his profile of player and we need yeah. whatever, then I could understand caving in, you know, every now and then because he's the yeah, perfect yeah. signing. But I'm not being funny. Mason Mount is not worth it's not. 60 million and no. he's also not the perfect, is he even the perfect Man United signing? He's not... He's 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 obviously going to be he's obviously a ten hag signing he's obviously what he wants he wants a he wants a player like Ericsson can play ninety minutes and he wants a player that can play that eight and be box to box and play for ninety minutes cool I understand why he wants him but if you're talking about the rumors that they've got a hundred million budget fifty million on him is not the solution they need a, I'm sorry but their long standing goalkeeper is down to five days left on his contract. Oh, yeah. For four days left on his contract. Hmm. That's not even sorted. So theoretically, in four days, United will have no goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper will be Tom Heaton and a, and a Dean Henderson that does not want to be there. Hmm. That needs sorting to start with. It's just a mess. You know, the, we, we don't know, you know, as fans, we don't know everything, right? There could be behind the, you know, behind the doors, there could be, you know, you know, there could be lots of transfer news going on with them. They're sorting a lot of transfers out. The Mason Mount one's just going a lot quicker because it's within this country type thing. You don't know. Because apparently, you know, the Onana 50 million might be happening, you know, for example. And then that Highland guy up front. That, you know, they could happen. But the Mason Mount one seems to be in the news a lot more, maybe because he's an English player. We don't know. But that I want to see a keeper sorted to start with because that's from five days away to not having a keeper, pretty much. Having Tom Heaton as the goalie. That needs sorting to start with. And a striker situation because the fact that, you know, the, the club didn't give Ten Hag a striker in January and in January he got Veghorst on loan, he obviously needs a striker because because Veghorst is gone in five days. So yeah. you need a striker. So then they should be the two positions prioritising because they're the positions you don't have. Hmm. So that's what I want to see. I want to see a striker come in. I want to see a keeper come in. And then whatever's left, sort whatever else out that he wants. Yeah. That's what I want to see. So... So what? So, I guess the next question, therefore, is why the fixation on Mount? Who, you know, c- clearly, United wouldn't be going for him unless Ten Hag saw something in him. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Obviously, he's not. He plays for Chelsea. He's a good player, but I, I don't really know if he takes United's midfield to the next level. I'm assuming the next level they want is to you know properly challenge for uh, the, the title. For, for example, I, I don't think a midfield three of like Casemiro. Mason Mount and Fernandez. I mean, as a as a rival fan, that doesn't particularly fill me with any no. dread. But 
this this again comes from for me how far behind they are because this is the option because even if you think about it now like who else do you go for you know do, do you know do you go do you go and take a risk and go abroad what about Caicedo I'd rather see that but yeah I don't, you know I think more Caicedo's money a better but... option more money but a younger player a higher I think he's got a higher ceiling to reach and he's also an option that potentially could play defensive midfield. Even mm. even Declan Rice, you know, take these risks. These players are better players. Yeah, pay that bit extra, get a better player. I think I think the big issue is for me is the cost, because if you if you were telling me that we're getting him for thirty five million, I'd be like, fine, cool, brilliant. Because he's like, okay, Mason had a bad season last season, so did all of Chelsea players. But the season before, player of the season, won the Champions yeah. League. He's, he's still a good player. He's a good player. It's just. The, the problem is the price. That's the issue, is the price in the whole negotiation situation. The fact that Chelsea is selling off all these players and the one player that they're trying to sell off that's having issues is with United. This is the issue. It's like, it should be done. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so, yeah, now I, I agree. Now, now, what some people might say is, oh, it's not my money, just spend the money. But it does matter if you're in a situation which United are in where they do have a pretty tight budget in relative terms yeah. due to FFP. So every 10, if, if, well, you, if yeah. you're overpaying by 20 million, that matters. Yeah, but what if, what if it comes to August, starting the season with Tom Eaton in goal because they've not managed to sort a keeper out? You know, that, them issues come up. Okay, cool. Let's just say the transfer situation with Mason Mount is just going quicker than other transfers. Fine. Cool. I want to see them all come in. If they all come in the end, fine. But, the issue is, we do, from what we can see as fans, is you negotiate with Mason Mount, everything else is just rumours. So, you know, and if you're saying like, oh, they've got hundreds, 120 million to spend on transfers, nearly 50% is going on a position that, okay, they do need, but not as much as other positions. And then that, then that limits you to fix the other positions. And that's my issue. Yeah, definitely. And we are, go we are going to be talking about Declan Rice more in the next section, but it's just... I don't know how true this is, but I, I thought it was funny that there's all this talk about, you know, Arsenal, City, trying to go, trying to go in for Declan Rice, as you would, he's a very good player. And, you know, the, the figures that are being quoted, it's, you, know, it, you know, it's like it's 70 million plus 50 million in add-ons. It, it's like a total package of 90 million or whatever. And then again, I don't know if this is true, but allegedly... Is this the United one with offering yeah, Maguire now, and now Finger somewhere? Exactly. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's true, yeah. but allegedly United no, offered think. 40 million plus... Maguire and Alanga, which I just thought was, if true, it is really funny. Uh, it's no, it won't be true because that's. I just, hope not. I, put put it this way, right? Transfers don't happen like that. You'd think but not. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever seen a transfer that's happened like that. No, it's always you pay the money and then you negotiate with you'll our negotiations with another player. That seems how it goes. It's not true. No. It's just put but, it this way. Like, when, when, I tell when, you what, it is believable though because of how shit the are exactly. is, isn't it? Yeah. If it was any other team. If yeah. if it was a, if it was City that was like offering something in a player, you go you go. No, nah, that's not true. That's just staffed. But United, it's like I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. I would not be surprised. <laughs> so, uh, final question on this, Gaskin. Unless you've got anything else to rant about in respect of United tax and mm -hmm. Mason Mount, etc. What what do you? Because I think we both agree that the only way United can in the future get rid of this United tax or whatever is to walk away from deals like this. So yes. first of all, what do you want to happen in respect of the Mason Mountain deal? You know, do you want United to walk away, go for someone else? Or or do you want to sign him? And then secondly, what do you think will happen? In terms of signing him, I don't really care. Like, I'm not bothered. Like, if, if they don't get him, they don't get him. If they get him, they get him. 
Um, you know, I think he's a good player, you know, and he, he will he will make the team better. In terms of making them a, a lot better, I don't... £50 million better? No, I don't think so. Um, yes, they need to walk away, I think, with the current situation, but if they get in for £55 million, fine. Uh, but then this all comes down to how this how this transfer window finishes. If it finishes with a with Mason Mount, a goalkeeper, a striker, then I'll be like, fine, cool, good. You know, you but it's because the other positions aren't sorted is why to me it's an issue. If the if if the other positions had already been sorted and this was happening, then I wouldn't care. It'd be like, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't be having this conversation. But it's because the other positions are in up in air of what's going on. Mm. So I think I think I think they will sign him. I think they'll. I've, I, I said before. I think I think they'll pay sixty million. I think they'll be in the middle. And then we move on to Manchester City. We've talked about Gundogan leaving briefly. Kovacic signing seems to be imminent. But the main talking point and discussion and debate that's particularly been ravaging uh, football Twitter, certainly in the City and Arsenal sphere, is Declan Rice, Arsenal or Manchester. City, in case you don't know the exact situation of what's happening here, uh, Declan Rice has been a, a long-standing target for uh, Arsenal. It seemed a few months ago that that was definitely where he was going to end up. Um, there was always like the question mark of, you know, will City be involved? Will City get involved? Blah, blah, blah. But uh, if you like listen to like the City media people, uh, you know, like the City journalists, the message was always City won't make a decision on Rice until they hear... Gundogan's decision in respect of is he going to sign an extension is he leaving on a free and Gundogan was dragging his feet with the decision um didn't happen in the end he wanted to join Barca instead I think because they were offering a few more years on the on the deal and City weren't willing to do that for like a 32 33 year old um I think that's a mistake they should have given the years but whatever that happened and then when it was confirmed Gundogan left that's when City came in and it was like right now City are gearing up talks to uh, 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 to engage with Declan Rice's camp and West Ham, etc., etc. Um, so before we talk about you know the likelihood of wh- where he's going to go, Gasket, what do you make of? I mean, I mean, if you have seen this debate and stuff, what do you make of this whole debate of either side saying that he's got a weak? So, for example, Arsenal fans saying he would have a weak mentality if he chose chose City, and lots of City fans saying he'd have a weak yeah. mentality going to Arsenal. Do you do you give that any credence or or what? Um. I think it. I think it's daft argument to have because him leaving West Ham for either is a big step. It doesn't matter who you go to. I think there's benefits to both, and there's disadvantages to both. Like for example, if he was to go to City, you're not guaranteed to play every minute. Whereas at Arsenal, he probably would because I think Party's looking at leaving, so you probably would play every minute. I think a lot of people are looking at Calvin Phillips' situation and thinking he's just going to be on the bench. But Calvin Phillips has been injured to start with, which hasn't helped. But also, you know, you probably wouldn't play, but but Declan Rice is more has got the ability to play the Gundogan way, whereas Phillips doesn't. You know, he can play that eight, he can play that uh, late running from midfield. And really, I don't think it it's more I think it's more down to him. It's just down to him. Like, if he was to go to Arsenal, he'd benefit. If he goes to City, he'd benefit. It's none of this like what you know, if he goes to City, bad mentality, you'll be on the bench, whereas at Arsenal you'd be starting every game. And vice versa, really. And it, it Either way, it's going to be great for his career. Yeah, I I, I think it it sort of smells a bit like oh, my dad's bigger than your dad sort of syndrome yeah. where like it, it's just a debate that does it doesn't matter first of all. Yeah, and I understand like, like this this might sound petty, but 
feel like Arsenal have a little, little title run, and now they think that they're the bee's knees. A lot yeah. of these Arsenal fans, and it's like it's like no, you've had a good title, and it doesn't mean that you're willing to pay 100 million for a player. Brilliant, you know, you're wanting to you keep yourself pushing, but it doesn't mean you're anywhere near City at all. Mm. Miles off, yeah. still, you know, City are that far ahead of everyone. But stop acting like you know that your team's the best team in the country now. So it's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of how Liverpool fans reacted. But then Liverpool had trophies to answer that too. And they could you, you can have that bit of arrogance because you've won the Champions League, you've won the league. Whereas these Arsenal fans are like acting like that. And it's like, no, you had a title race that you bottled. So it's chill. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, let, let, this is a bit of an aside now because I do also want yeah. to talk about the whole thing yeah. now now i must preface this by saying you know when, when i say you know arsenal fans i'm i'm talking about a specific sort small, of a small amount yeah and it's they're always online i'm just basing it off you know arsenal twitter basically so when i say arsenal fans i'm not talking about all arsenal fans i'm not talking about the main consensus of us i don't think you are either gasky i we're talking about no no it's just it's just a the, vocal online when, when we say fans in these podcasts mostly we mean twitter, twitter usually, yeah because, because that's what that's we've got where they, that's where they're vocal that's where i i know one person in my life who's an arsenal fan you know, it's London based. You barely know any, don't yeah, you? Of course. So, you know, he's, he's fine. I can have football chats with him. Whereas, you know, like when you look at Twitter, it's just that's what you've got to go off. Yeah, but you are you are absolutely right. Like, as I say, the, these these big accounts in particular, but they do. I, I noticed it throughout the whole season as well, really. Like, obviously, I haven't really paid attention to it because like Arsenal have never been in this situation, you know, where, you know, they were so close to winning a title for like, for like nearly two decades. And obviously Twitter wasn't really a thing in like 2004 or whatever. So, it, you know, it wasn't a thing. But um, yeah, like, like this is the first time I've noticed it where actually like the, the set of fans are, I'm sure every, I'm sure every fan base has it, but yeah, it's just like, it is so, it's weird. Because again, I can understand it with, as you said, Liverpool fans who, you know, again, maybe they got too big for their boots at some point saying, you know, they're best in class in every position, but at least they won that Premier League trophy yeah, they won a couple so of years ago. So when you have arguments about certain players being better than other players and people, like I always think when you bring up trophies, when it comes to individual players, it's stupid. Like, don't yeah, do it. No, it is. You're yeah. talking about how good a player is. Uh, but when you're in the argument, at least you have that to bounce off. Whereas, do you know, like they just, they just think that They've already got this attitude that you get to see they've done it. the last couple of years. And it's like, but you haven't. You, you've actually bottled it. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, you, you're interested in getting Declan Rice at Arsenal. Good. You're showing that kind of ambition that Arsenal haven't had for a long time. Brilliant. It's good. It's good to get a bit, bit more competitive. But you're going so far one way. It's like as if you've won everything. It's like, no. Yeah. It's 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 really bizarre. And and again, I'm, I'm guaranteed there'll be loads of like online and you know, City fans who are incredibly arrogant. But in fairness, you know, City You're fans to be. Yeah, they, they, they have sort of won quite a bit. So, so they are in a position to say, well, we have won the treble, and, and you know, we have won X amount of titles over the past few years, and we are currently quite good at the football. So, I'd say they're probably in a better position to be a bit arrogant. But, but yeah, it, it comes back to the thing of like, I don't know where this like f- sort of almost like like I don't know where this chest comes from. Like, I yeah. don't I don't know why they feel so like. I think it is arrogance, um, yeah. but but without without the actual recent titles and the recent success to back yeah. it up, it's all based on a it's all based on like either what we could become next season, or it's based on like like the, I, I see the shite like pedal. It's like oh, when it was like Declan Rice 
because there's loads of like issues in the saga, but there was one moment where it seemed like Rice was absolutely going to Arsenal. You got all these Arsenal yeah. fans saying, "Oh yeah, he's chosen like tradition and history and class over City." It's like, oh, just like do one, mate. Like, what are you on about? Yeah, like that means what you're saying means nothing. Yeah. It's it's not. He's probably the the only thing. Put it this way: right? if, if Declan Rice joins City, he's joining he's joining the best team in the world, right? That's his opportunity, and he's chosen to join the best team in the world. If he joins Arsenal, he's probably thinking, if I join City, I might not play. If I join Arsenal, potentially I could go further and be a bigger legend there, potentially. Yeah. And that's my what it takes. He's a pros and cons for both. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like if he joins City, he's completely ruined his career. No. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, you, you don't have to attack him either way. I, I mean, I'm, I am having a go at City fans because I don't agree with a lot of City fans who say he's got a weak mentality not joining us. But I also don't agree with like these Arsenal fans, as I say, who are who are just like... He's got this weird sort of moral superiority, and it's like I just don't understand where it's derived from. Unless you're like a really old Arsenal fan, and you did see them, you know, in like um like like the uh, the the nineties and the eighties, etc. You know, like when they were winning like yeah. league titles on a consistent basis or whatever. But but otherwise, it's, it, it, these fans who were you know, who would have been like one years old when the Invincibles happened, or weren't even born when the Invincibles happened, and they're acting as, yeah. as if they, they and, and they're acting as if but, they are Man United or they are Liverpool. Yeah. I just, well, exactly, like it's like it's like for me, like when United won the treble, I was I wasn't old, you know, I I don't remember it. I just go off what my 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 parents were there. I go off what they told me, you know. You go off what your grandparents tell you. That's where you get most of your football history from, you know. You can't just act like, you know, we're back based on one season, one bottle title attempt. You know, it's if if next season they, they keep pushing, fantastic. Because we said, I think we said it, we did say it about Liverpool, I think, but like they were missing a couple of key components. They sign Allison, they sign Van Dijk, and they go and win everything. But Arsenal could potentially do that, you know, they're missing a couple of components. They could go and win stuff. But right now, shush. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was it was like a message we were, we were repeating last season. I know I know at one point it looked like Arsenal were going to win it, but we kept you know uh, sort of like in the early stages of the season where we were convinced it would eventually derail, and eventually it did. But it looked like it wasn't. We kept saying, "We just enjoy it. Don't get too big for your boots. Don't get too cocky." Yeah. Like, but but yeah, it's just like they they've had a t- it's almost like they've had a taste of it. Like these these like you know younger fans who this will be like their first yeah. experience of because they've probably only experienced you know late Wenger. Yeah. And, and and top four fights and sacking managers exactly and, yeah, yeah. They, they they wouldn't have experienced you know early noughties Arsenal when they're obviously very good um so it's like it's almost it's like their it's their first taste and now it's like oh yeah this is this is brilliant this is where we belong it's like, it doesn't really work like that there's no guarantees in football oh. so yeah, yeah it's, I don't get the cockiness I don't get the arrogance from both from any sets of fans to be honest but but whatever um and and that that's all been brought about because. I don't think this would have happened, but for the fact that it's City being involved in a play who Arsenal obviously wants, hence that yeah. they're trying to attack City. I guess I don't know. Um, but just going back to Declan Rice, Gasky, um, it would probably play very different roles depending on who he signs for. This is why it's so interesting because I don't yeah. think I think if he signed for Arsenal, in my opinion, he would be used as a as a six as defensive midfielder as he'd, a party replacement. Party. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas at City. He would, and this is where I also don't understand. Like people are saying, well, he's he's not going to play ahead of Rodri. He wouldn't be coming in as a as a six or a, a Rodri replacement or a Rodri alternative, um, or like you know a Phillips replacement. He would 
he would be coming in as a more advanced, progressive player. I don't think he'd be sat next to Rodri. I think, as you said, he would be in the more Gundogan position. Whether he can naturally play that now is not relevant. I think that's where he would be long-term because he wouldn't be coming in to replace the best defensive he's midfielder in the world. Capable. Yeah. He's definitely capable because he can play. The, he's good at playing the ball. And Pep's he's pretty good at coaching ball. players. Yeah. Put it this way, you see what John Stones can do this season. So let's, you know, he's capable of doing it. So Yeah, absolutely. So... He can definitely do it, um, and, and maybe, I mean, from an England perspective, it probably makes more sense for him to go to Arsenal where he can develop as a defensive midfielder, because if we don't have Rice, we've only got Phillips, and we all know the issues with Phillips, potentially. So I, maybe that's a big factor as well. Maybe if he sees himself as a more defensive midfielder, as an out-and-out out six, he should go to Arsenal. But if he does see himself as a more overall midfielder someone who might sometimes chip in at defensive midfield but primarily will be going forwards and progressing play maybe he should go to city instead i don't know yep. what he wants though the, the talk is he prefers arsenal i don't know if that's because it's london i don't know if it's just because he, he prefers the idea of working with arteta he prefers the idea of be, being the main man because he wouldn't be at city but there's nothing wrong with him wanting to go to arsenal exactly like like it's one of those rare transfers where really the player's decision won't shouldn't really affect either either team you know there's benefits to both so usually it's like oh who could use the it's, it's going to be for west ham's point of view it's going to be the highest bidder and then for Rice's position it's going to be like well i don't want to go there or yeah it's, it's probably going to come down to the highest bidder because if rice is not bothered then it's just going to be like well, well which bid are you well, accepting? Yeah, that's the thing so so again according to reports rice prefers arsenal but the fact that he hasn't entirely like rejected city and clearly he hasn't otherwise like city there wouldn't be all these rumors coming out you know city are lining up a bid city discussing with rice he's clearly open to the idea of coming to city otherwise city wouldn't be bothered do you know what i mean like like yeah. if it was no i don't want to come leave me alone city wouldn't city be would thinking they exactly wouldn't they wouldn't waste their time they'd look somewhere else they'd go right let's go go to another target or whatever but so that tells me that city are still in the race and they and Rice can he hasn't said I'm exclusively interested in Arsenal. He's clear. There's also clearly something in the back yeah. of his mind going, Man City might might be an option. But yeah, because it's, it's the best team in the world. The best, if if you get an inkling that the best team in the world are interested in you, you're gonna keep your options open. Any player would. Yeah. So, no, for sure, for sure, and and I think that will because City haven't actually put in a bid yet. I think Arsenal have put in two and they've both been rejected. So for me, yeah. if City do end up submitting a bid, that will that speaks that speaks volumes because they will not submit a bid unless he wants to come. So if the, if they yeah. submit a bid, that must mean they're pretty they're very confident, 100% confident Rice would want to come to City. So I think if City submit a bid, I think that he'll go to City because if City want him, they will bid slightly more than Arsenal and and at the end, and then if if it comes down to West Ham, who do they want to yeah. sell to? You said it; they want to go to the highest bidder. But time will tell whether City actually end up bidding. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and then City won't go into a bidding war. They'll they'll find out what what price they want and they'll pay the price if they want him. So yeah, yeah, they'll just say to West Ham, right, yeah. mate, what do you How want? How much do you want? Exactly. Yeah, right. You keep rejecting these bids from Arsenal. You want this much, right? We'll we'll pay this much for him, and then it's up to Rice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely, but again, I I, I just want the I, I want the saga to end. I'm like like you with the yeah. Mason Mount situation. I just yeah. want it to be over so that 
I can either be like, okay, great, we've got rice or, okay, we don't have rice. Now, what do we do? Do we just say, well, actually, we don't need another central midfielder because we've got, if we keep Bernardo, we can have Bernardo and Foden there. Maybe we should go out and sign a right winger so that, you know, to replace the minutes that Bernardo would cover, cover yeah. But it's all up in the air and we don't know. And I don't like that uncertainty. Um, but either way... Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and then just this stuff like the last thing sounds like we're doing a lot of Arsenal fan bashing again I reiterate it's just a certain section um, yes, yes. I mean to be honest it's mainly two or three Twitter accounts <laughs> oh it's the, it's the usual lot like I see the usual lot <laughs> to be fair it's just like it's like usually I scroll past but today I felt I felt I felt risky today I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on some of these no they're just like some of these they're chatting up to crap yeah I'm, I'm sick of it <laughs> yeah and, and that, that was the last thing I wanted to say like I've, I've seen some people say oh, something like Man City fear Arsenal, and that's why they're trying to sign Rice, so we can't have him. I'm oh, like, we've. I'm, I'm sorry again. This is the arrogant City fan coming out. Uh, we have just won the treble, and sorry, in, in, this is like your best season, however long, and you absolutely capitulated and bottled it against a Man City side who were in transition for two thirds of the season and couldn't really sort themselves out into the final third, and you still finish however many points behind us. So. In what reality, and we're the best team in the world, I don't care, we are. In what reality are Man City scared of Arsenal? Why, what do we have to fear? We literally, I'm sorry, again, we're giving you our fucking cast-offs in Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko. What do you mean we're scared of you? It, it makes no sense, does it? It's like, so the one, the one I read to today was, it was, um, I think TalkSport put some on Twitter saying like, um, would you rather have the treble or an invincible season? Oh God. So, which was, they put on, but it was the, re the reply. It was like, it's like literally, which one do you want? That's all it was. And they were just answering comments going, well, the, um, trebles happen twice. Invincibles only happen once. Hate it's that. Like, hate that's, that. I know, but I thought, that's just not the question. That is that. That's just not the question though. I said, would you would you take one loss on that season for three trophies? Yes or no? That is the question, <laughs> pretty much. Just, it's just like it's like you're just choosing to ignore it. You're choosing to you're pushing so hard that this one achievement is the best thing ever because you're scared of it going. Yeah, well, the, and that is where it's like cognitive dissonance, isn't it? That's where people but tell themselves that they, they even though they know it's not true, if they just keep telling themselves that's the case yeah. because there's no there's no now. This is this is a wider point, but I've always maintained I would rather win the Premier League than the Champions League, and people question that, that and that's fine. But but there is a logic behind it because I would rather be associate. I'd rather my team because if you win the Premier League, you are the best team. If you win the Champions League, not necessarily. I would rather be the best team. There is logic behind wanting to win the Premier League over the Champions yeah. League, whatever. I'd personally rather win over the thirty game season. I think it's harder. I'd rather win it. Da -da -da -da. There, there is no logic in preferring to be an invincible team than a treble-winning team. There is zero logic. Yeah. It, it, none. So that, that's where it's like you are literally just kidding yourself because, yeah, there's no logic. It's, it's, it's a cool. It's like any sport. It's like it's a cool individual achievement you've got, a really good one. But from a, from a whole asset like the whole Premier League and history, you'd rather have a treble, or you'd rather Definitely. have. A team achievement that you can go. We, my team, accomplished this. Not oh, oh cool. We did one season where we had a zero next to the losses. Yeah, so I, it's right. Cool. Yeah, just, really good. Really amazing. But I'd rather, I'd rather see a massive trophy cabinet. Definitely. And the you grand know? scheme of things, I think, I think you know, you're saying it is amazing. Uh, maybe I'm being harsh. I don't even know if it is that amazing. To be fair, 
Um, I don't, it's, I don't, it's, it's, it's a good to have. I mean, I mean, like, not saying it's fact, a shit like, achievement, but no one I, I goes just, out to be invincible. No, that's what I mean. I mean, it's a, it's a good achievement to have to have that achievement and be the only one to have it. Like with City having 100 points, you know, you're the only one to have that. And it's like, brilliant, your team's got this achievement. But it's like, but it's not. It's nowhere you know, near I'd, I'd rather, the higher I'd rather achievements. Watch, I'd, rather watch, I'd rather watch my team lift trophy after trophy after trophy than go, look at me, I've got. Yeah. I got a, my team my team unbeaten I'd, in I'd rather win a Premier cool. League and right. FA Cup double like yeah. I, I don't yeah. It's, it's yeah I'd, to be honest with you I'd, I think I'd rather watch my team win the FA Cup five years in a row than watch them <laughs> not lose it's yeah. just you know <laughs> yeah. now, now, now I, I, I will slightly amend it if Arsenal that, that season if they went undefeated in every competition then it's well, different well, obviously because you you, you'd win more trophies so, that way wouldn't you as well that's the point yeah exactly well, okay here's one for you would you rather Take one loss, or like, would you rather go unbeaten and win the FA Cup with it, or just the Champions League? Well, I'd rather win the Premier League over so the Champions League. If you've league. never won the Champions League, if you never won the Champions League, I mean, I'd always rather win the Premier League though. You always have the Champions League, right? Yeah. I know I'm weird, but I, I, I I've well, always. I mean, it makes. I mean, it's, it's. I think it's like the Champions League just got this kind of. Oh no! I, I, I totally like, understand. Oh, I totally it's understand. The Europeans that. elite, but yeah, it's not. It's not. You're not necessarily. Like for example, what if what if Inter Milan won from their yeah. run? That's just an example of like this is what could happen. <laughs> yeah. So. No. Yeah, yeah. I I I can understand the argument. I, I totally understand. Like the I'll never argue with someone who'd rather win Champions League over Premier League because I can understand the argument and and its personal preference. But I will never understand or accept someone saying I'd rather the Invincibles is better than the treble because it's just it's it's not even subjective at that point. It's just objectively not better. Um, yeah, no. But there yeah. we go, Gaskin. That, that was, I felt that was, a, that was a pretty cathartic rant on certain. That was a nice little tangent. I enjoyed that yeah, tangent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if it, it's I've noticed our tangents. It's always, it's always the classic. It's, like, it's it's always having to go with Trent. It's having to go with Van Dyke. It's having to go for me. It's having to go with PSG or having to go with Arsenal fans. No, it's having to go to Mbappe, not PSG. Well, that's too. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, don't take it too seriously, obviously, guys. So, you know, we don't hate Arsenal fans. It's just, you know, certain it's sm- people it's small are ma- These insane. are big clubs. There's, there's millions of fans. It's yeah. very small minority. No, absolutely. Keyboard warriors. In it. It's a thing. Uh, but yes, so uh, Declan Rice, who knows where he's going to go. Uh, we do need a Gundogan alter- alternative or replacement. Kovacic coming in. That's more depth for me. Uh, excuse me, that was a burp. Gasky, we've got a couple of questions from our lovely viewers Ooh, would you, yes. and listeners. Would you like to uh, hear them and then respond Let's to do them? It. Let's do it. Let's do it. So these are questions from the old Patreon. We've got two questions uh, this week, uh, and we'll answer more next week uh, just because we are running short on time. Uh, so a uh, question from Will. Uh, it's, a, it's a championship-specific question because Will is a Borough fan. And Will asks, should parachute payments slash the pyramid structure be addressed because relegated teams are always favourites to go straight back up due to money. Quick overview of what a parachute payment is, in case you don't know. If you are relegated in the Premier League then uh, and go down to the Championship, then over the course of a number of years, the Premier League will give you these things called parachute payments. The idea being that you've signed X amount of players and you've given them Premier League level wages. The Championship can't pay Premier League level wages. So the idea is that it helps sustain you whilst you sort yourself out uh, because I guess I'm assuming the logic is you, there's a risk that you go it's a, it's a stop another it's a stop another Southampton situation because they went well, they, go, they went to like bottom of League One pretty much didn't they yeah and probably, and they probably were screwed for a while yeah and probably like Leeds as well I'm assuming yeah uh, back, yeah and maybe Blackburn as well back in the day um so yes yeah, so uh, we'll discuss this uh, off 
podcast, I think we're both sort of in agreement, Gasky. It, yeah, yeah. It's it's a weird one because I think the solution is stop allowing these massive contracts to start with. But does that then remove the competitiveness of the Premier League? So, for example, if you were to say, like, like we were saying, what if you were paying someone £100,000 a week and you're like bottom half Prem team, you get relegated, you're protected. Mm. But if you stop them making these signings, would that make the Premier League less competitive than it is? Would it create a bigger gap? Yeah. Maybe that's the that's the risk of it. But then, like you say, it's not fair on the teams underneath, like like your Boroughs and your Sunderlands, who probably don't really have a chance of getting up because these other teams are just going to be playing yo-yo like Fulham and Norwich did for so many years. Yeah, I think that is it's a tricky one, as, as you say, because, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't in a way. Yeah. I think that, I don't know if it's, you know, probably not realistic, but I think there are, there are a number of potential solutions. I think that, again, this is what we were discussing. You could, I know this from Football Manager especially, you can mm-hmm. add in a specific relegation clause, which says, uh, so, so, so you ditch parachute payments, get rid of them. And the way that you circumvent the whole, when now we've got, these really expensive players in the championship that are going to bankrupt the club and then they're not going to want to leave the club because they're on big fat money. So the solution is either you've got a mandatory in every single contract in English football, you've got a mandatory like relegation clause, which says you agree your wage will go down by 25% if you join us yeah. sort of thing. Now obviously that will Yeah. Or contract termination if we get relegated, which means you just, you, you're a free agent. Yes. Don't get any more payments. Yeah, exactly. So something like that, or like, or like a release clause, like you, you've got to have a, which is what Spain has. You've got like a mandatory release clause or something. I think the relegation clause probably makes more sense, but that, that's one alternative. Um, not ideal because it might mean that players don't want to join because of the relegation clause situation. So probably the better and also probably better long-term solution probably is, you know, the, the Premier League are willing to pay these parachute payments. I don't exactly know how it works. The reason they pay it is because Premier League wages are so high relative to the rest of the football league. So surely... Yeah. um. The Premier League only works because of the pyramid system in which, you know, the success of English football generally, which is predicated on the pyramid scheme and the whole, you know, the pyramid scheme, the pyramid system and all the lower league teams. So surely the Premier League, again, this is an idyllic way of thinking, should be distributing their massive, outrageous amounts of profits and income more evenly to the lower league teams so that if you know, when Southampton get relegated and they've got James Ward-Prowse on a Premier League wage, it doesn't matter that he's going into the championship and they're earning less money because the Premier League are sub- basically subsidising the championship, League One, League Two, to make it so that it doesn't matter if they get relegated and that maybe that in general increases the overall competitiveness of the championship in League One. Yeah. I, I, and maybe balances the playing field. I don't know. I'm, yeah, maybe that's a pipe dream. Maybe it w- wouldn't work in reality. But there are definitely ways to get around it. There's better, better ways than it is because you're, you're protecting, you're allowing teams to do what they want at the top and protect them. It's, it, to them, it's not really a risk. You get relegated, you get relegated. You, it's, why, it's why, for example, Burnley lost like no players because players were like, we could win a trophy here and we'll just go straight back up. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's probably the same with Leicester. I don't think many will leave. Really? So, no, I don't think many will go. They'll probably stick around. Interesting. There we go. That's our thoughts on uh, the parachute system. Uh, and then DR asks, is the Club World Cup new format good? Uh, and is it good for football? Uh, no, it bloody isn't. No. I mean, I mean, Gasky, what's happened here is 
the 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 most clapped, dustiest, least relevant comp- club competition in in top flight history, essentially. I think it's fair to say, the Club World Cup. Somehow they've made it worse. How, how well, do yeah, you, how it, do you make the least relevant cup <laughs> worse? Exactly, like it's 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 a it's two ma- well, it's a two three matches you play tops for the Champions League winner to play against other other continental winners, which is fine. You know, you get to play teams across the world in the central it's area. It's a bit of fun, neutral zone. Yeah, exactly, and it's a couple of games. Cool, you know, brilliant. Leave it. You know, all these teams, especially the European ones, play so many games. You can't fit in a bloody massive tournament. Yeah. And you're basically you're basically getting these players who are playing God knows how much. You know, obviously people like, you know, you pay a little money. But, you know, they're still human beings. Yeah. And you're expecting them to go and play another handful of matches. And and it's just going to be again. It's just money grabbing scheme again. It's just money. That's exactly, money, money, money. Well, that's exactly it's all, what it it's is. All the, it's all sport is now. It's all sport is. It's just money. Yeah, it's, don't it's, care about the people playing it. The human beings, it's money. It's because the FIFA president, uh, the, the bold little knobhead, is basically FIFA is FIFA is upset at UEFA because every single year UEFA has a guaranteed you know, millions, billions, however much uh, money maker in the Champions League, which happens every single year, and they've also got the Europa League, etc. Whereas FIFA, oh boo hoo, woe is us. We've we've only got the World Cup, which is once every four years. It's not like it's the biggest football competition in the history of the universe. You make however many trillions and quadrillions off it, but whatever. We 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 need more money. We need we need a we need a a competition every single year, basically. So they want to make the Club World Cup bigger, more games, more advertising, more eyes, more money. We all know how it works. Um but no, I'm sorry, but this is going to sound like very elitist. I don't actually care. No um English fan, so it's no no fan of any English team, sorry, is going to be flexing a club world cup. No one cares. It's it, for me that's in the same tier as the Community Shield and the UEFA Super Cup. I'd have it below the League Cup easily. Um, it's 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 yeah. a super cup. It's pointless. You play two games, one against uh, what is it like a, a North American I mean, it, side, it, it's, it's an Asian it's side, North American, South American, Asian team, and the European team play yeah. each other. And, and, and then like, and also like European sides come into it later, so we only play two games. We, and like, exactly, and and all respect to the other teams, nine times out of ten, it goes to the European team. Yeah. So. It, oh, oh. Yeah, only European and South American sides have ever won the competition. No Asian oh, yeah. or North American or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Ever won it. So, and yeah, that sounds elitist. I actually don't care. Like, it's it's an irrelevant competition for 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 the bigger for the bigger clubs. And now we're trying to make it even worse by throwing in teams like you know who've come third and fourth in the Premier League. Where where do they think it's going to fit into the calendar? Like, that's what I mean. Like, we're already like we already have debates whether I th- I think these top teams should have to opt into the Carabao Cup to start with. Why would why would you want to add a Club World Cup into it as well? But do you remember that year when uh, I can't remember the exact year? It, I, it, I think it was Liverpool. It must have been the year after Liverpool won the Champions League. Uh, Liverpool went to the Club World Cup. No, the, yeah, they had to play. They had to play the kids in the uh, was it the Carabao Cup? Yeah, like the seventeen years the day yeah. after. Yeah, that's exactly. The only yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they obviously had to travel to Christ knows where, Saudi Arabia. I don't know where it bloody yeah. was. And then they put, I think they played Villa and lost like six nil, yeah, didn't they? Because, because they were playing seventeen year olds. Yeah, because Klopp wasn't there because he couldn't be there, and it was literally babies who were playing. So, and that's that's only with two extra games. By the way, only two extra yeah. games led to that situation where Liverpool had to sack off the League Cup, basically. 
I don't know how many games exactly are going to be played at this new competition, but it's obviously more than two. It, even if it's even if it's an extra one or two or three, it's it's yeah. one or two or three too many. This is definitely like a, oh the Qatar World Cups happened. Look, we can fit it in the middle of a season. Let's have a massive club tournament. Yeah, it's just just. So no, I, I hate it. I mean, the Couple of Cup, as I say, it's a dusted competition anyway. If you win it, it's like fine. But no, it, when you get you get a nice little sparkly badge in the middle of your top. That's yeah, all you get. but no one is <laughs> again. It's a nice thing to win from a European club perspective. It's something you should win by default, really. If you don't win, it's a bit embarrassing. Um, but it's nothing that I'll ever that's that any anyone's going to really flex or care about. It's a Super yeah. Cup. Like who actually cares? So as I say, they've made one of the worst competitions in club football even worse didn't think it was possible but there we go Gasky, do you want to say anything else about that or have i summed it up pretty well you've said it all you've said it all it's dusty it's dusty it's clapped um whatever not good enough not not good that's not good enough uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what isn't good enough either. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't clicked follow, if you enjoyed mm. our inane banter and uh, nonsense and sometimes uh, we stumble upon wise words... Uh, what Arsenal slander. Arsenal slander, <laughs> yeah. They need to follow the podcast, don't they, Gasky? Come on, Tottenham fans. Join in. <laughs> follow the podcast. Five stars. <laughs> yeah, uh, drop us a follow, guys, on whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening to us on. And it's every single, in fact, it's two times a week we release uh, these podcasts uh, on a Monday and Thursday. So make sure to follow for more. But until next time, guys, I've been Nobbins. I've been Gasky. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye.